0: It's time. You're listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air. Sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, this ongoing series brings to your ears the best-known works from America's revered grandfather of horror and suspense. From room to room in the asylum of the mysterious Dr. Mallard, Poe's wretched souls describe their awful tales while they await the doctor's revolutionary system to treat and cure the mentally crippled. In today's episode, the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the Air takes on Poe's tale of love, death, and vengeance in the royal court. Hopfrog. In our last episode, part two of Never Bet the Devil Your Head, we learned the terrible price of a life of excess. We then heard a rather uncanny voice that neither Toby nor myself could claim as our own. now professor mallard leads us down the hall for a conversation with another of his children our next patient strangely enough checked into our establishment of her own accord she was utterly hysterical and practically begged us to take her in forgive me if i speak out of turn but the initial sight of her was rather jarring this woman, Tripetta, is an impossibly tiny creature with the fully formed, perfectly proportioned body of a woman. a beautiful woman at that
1: I can hear you out there, doctor.
0: oh, I see our pocket-sized beauty is awake. Are you accepting visitors, my dear
1: Yes, dr Mallard, and i don't don't mean to be rude, but these comments about how small and perfect I am are too much. You know that I have a fully formed human brain, too. Of
0: course I know that, my love. I was simply describing you to a visitor who would like to meet you. May we come in?
1: Yes, but just please be careful. I like to keep everything in here just so.
0: How you can see in this darkness is beyond me. Shall I take one of the torches from the hall so we can have a better look at you? No!
1: That... That torch will not be necessary. I have a lamp right here. No need to bring in a sconce, or a torch, or even a match, or any other flame at all.
0: Very well. Ah, there you are. Hello, darling. I do so love when you wear that adorable ballerina costume. You look like a fairy creature in petal pink.
1: Who is your friend, Doctor?
0: A very special guest who would like to hear your story. Do they smoke? Cigarettes? Of course they don't, darling. We know not to bring them anywhere near your chambers. No matches, cigarettes, candles of any kind. We know how such things disturb. Did they bring
1: matches? Oh, God, there's nothing more I hate than...
0: That's enough, Trippetta. You know what happens when you can't calm yourself down.
1: I don't know what comes over me, Doctor.
0: No need to worry, dear. Now, please, do tell our visitor your story.
1: My story? ah. You mean that horrible event. I still dream about it, you know, even now. I do know. I must first introduce you to one of that night's central players. A dwarf who performed for the king's royal court. My beloved, my Hopfrog.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, your majesty and his esteemed court members.
1: They've given him the name Hopfrog as a joke. Because of his limping gait and the round, amphibious shape of his head and belly. Oh, look
0: at that little degenerate! I can't believe
1: my eyes!
3: <laughs> it seems a frog has broken into the king's court!
1: <laughs> my hop frog was a deeply kind soul, and the court. they saw that kindness and spat on it. They forced him to. to act like a monster. God, I'm sorry.
0: Take some deep breaths, my dear. He was a close friend. It makes sense that you would have emotions.
1: He was so much more than that. I didn't feel like a tiny doll or a freak around him. From the first moment I met him, he truly saw me. We were both stolen from our homes for the sake of royal frivolity. Shoved into a dark and Desperately confined space carried away to God knows where. I never knew fear before that moment. Hello? Who's there? Oh God, please don't hurt me. Please just let
2: me be. Don't cry. Who are you? I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just the same as you.
1: A captive? I am. I am so afraid. I don't know what's going to happen or what's to become of me to any of us.
2: Neither do I. But so help me. You will have nothing to fear from anyone. I swear it on my life. I will never leave your side. Because
1: you are just the same as me. Yes. Another key player is the king, a large, oily man who kept a court... "'of seven similarly rotund gentlemen primates. "'We were their nightly entertainment. "'The king loved a good joke. "'He particularly adored watching people be humiliated. "'I would perform ballet for a room of drunk men hollering obscenities. "'I should have been terrified. "'But Hopfrog watched me from the wings, "'and this made me feel invincible. "'Then one night the king and I held a stare as I spun into a pirouette.
3: (laughs) Tiny dancer! (sighs) Come closer. Embrace your king. (laughs) Oh, lovely. Closer. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. (laughs) A fully formed woman the size of a dwarf. I dare say... This is one of the more laughable sights I have ever beheld. <laughs> A child-sized adult woman dancing Swan Lake like she was in the Royal Ballet. <laughs> That's enough. Off oh, of me. Here. Let me send you along with the sting of my hand. <laughs> now. Practice all your bends until they're perfect. (laughs) Oh, we can't wait to watch you touch the floor for us a few more times, can we?
2: (laughs) He struck you?
1: Why should tonight be different than any other? It's always like this. First the smiling and the dancing to their taunts. And then, as they drink, the violets... Oh, my darling, I don't think I can endure much more.
2: You are not alone in this, my love.
1: How can we go on?
2: I will make them pay for treating you this way. I swear it. (laughs) That's my cue. Time for their ridiculous main event. (laughs) Hello humble members of the course delighted to see you
1: He kept that wild smile on his face no matter what they did to him
3: <laughs> Look at him <laughs> Oh grotesque and ridiculous <laughs> Such common refuge
2: It's a great honor to be here I can barely contain myself
1: He launched into a dazzling series of exercises He was gifted with strong arms and able to stand upright on them First he would balance himself on both arms And then on just one he could foot backwards over and over and climb breathtaking heights quickly, like a small monkey. Every night, my hop frog could bring this disgusting crowd to their feet with applause.
2: <laughs> Thank you, my friends. I bid you good night.
1: And then he would fall into my arms backstage. That was spectacular, my love.
2: I wanted to spit on each of them.
1: Instead, you made them love you. Quite the contradiction. Perhaps your plan has backfired.
2: Oh, my plan will work perfectly.
1: I grew to love the nights. We would lie awake talking by candlelight about our lives before this. About dreams... I wanted to go somewhere quiet and green, where I could always have the breeze on my face.
2: And would you take company in that quiet, green place?
1: I might allow the presence of one other person, yes.
2: That's excellent news.
1: I loved the nights, but the days and evenings were terrible. They slowly turned into weeks, then months, and even years. Nothing seemed to change after one particularly unsavory evening, my love walked off stage with putrid stains of rotten vegetable on his face and all over his clothing. Our eyes met.
2: One day we will make them pay. But
1: when, my love? How much longer must we endure this? Days later, my Hopfrog and I were summoned for an additional meeting with the king and his court. Who were already slurring their words.
3: <coughs> oh, come here! Hopfrog! <coughs> Swallow this glass of wine for me.
2: With all due respect, your majesty. I am not particularly fond of wine. I am not
3: particularly fond of wine. <laughs> not fond of wine. Well, perhaps there's some hog slop we can find for you instead... Your king tells you to drink, fool.
2: (laughs) and drink I shall, then.
3: Now, why have I called you here in the daylight? Ugh, it's because our beloved Masquerade Ball is weeks away and I need your inventiveness. This event absolutely must not feel dull or familiar. It must have characters, man! (laughs) Spectacle! I am so deathly bored with all of the world's everlasting sameness.
2: Ah. Yes, I do have an idea for a spectacle. One that was popular in my homeland. But here, it would be something completely new. The only obstacle, however, is that it requires eight...
3: Eight, you say? (coughs) Here we are! Oh, eight is the perfect number. You have me and my seven ministers. Quite so, quite so.
2: (laughs) Ah, how marvelous. At home, we called it the Eight Chained Orangutans. And it really is an excellent sight. Its beauty lies in the fright it creates among the women. Oh,
3: capital, I want a room full of frightened women.
2: (laughs) I can costume you all as orangutans. Your resemblance shall be so striking that the rest of the party will believe you really are disgusting, slavering beasts. You'll all be chained together as if you've all just escaped from your keepers. My lord, you have not lived until you've been in a crowd of gorgeously suited people while savage beasts charge towards them. This
3: is exquisite, Hopfrog. (sighs) So it is decided.
2: (laughs) And to further spread fear among the guests before you reveal your true identity, I would highly recommend locking the doors upon your entrance, of course. Uh, I see, yes. Of course. And with such a grand joke, it will not do to have the ballroom decorated any less than to absolute perfection, of course. Of course! Of course! Might I suggest that Trippetta be given that task? The little one. The dancer? Why her? But before she was captured, she. Given the
3: honor of entertaining the
2: court. Yes, uh, in any case, you might be surprised to learn that she decorated formal gathering places for many, many similar little entertainments. Did she? Her experience would be invaluable in ensuring the greatest hilarity. Hmm, then let us not waste her talents. <laughs>
3: Apes, Screaming women, frightened men. Oh, none of us will ever forget this evening.
2: I can assure you of that.
3: (laughs) Capital!
1: (laughs) That night was full of a new electricity as the two of us spoke excitedly by the light of the candles in our small cell.
2: The universe has given us our chance.
1: What do you mean?
2: All will be as we hoped. The masquerade ball The spectacle The eight orangutans We use it to make them pay
1: Wonderful Or should I say Capital idea my good man
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have been sitting upon this anger For so long Since the day we arrived here I have swallowed it behind a smile And felt it burn behind my teeth And now We can bring that rage to the light
1: I'm sure you're surprised that such a tiny, innocent woman such as myself could be so wholly taken with the idea of revenge.
0: On the contrary, it's not uncommon. Being mistreated solely on appearance as being something different than the rest of society, and therefore beneath contempt, will have its effect. I
1: have just as much rage in my heart as any other woman. Or really any other person, for that matter. But, when I look back on it, I am not proud of that anger. I understand now that anger gets darker and sicker the longer you hold on to it, and ours was about to be released in the most explosive way imaginable. It was all so exhilarating in the moment, but if I had known... If I had known what was in store, I would have turned tail and run. I would have grabbed Hopfrog by the hand and taken him with me.
0: Please do go on, my dear.
1: That day... I thought I might collapse under the anticipation of our scheme. Our costuming for the king and his men was very simple. We fitted them in tight-knit shirts and drawers, covering their clothing entirely with tar and dried sprigs of flax.
0: Say, Hopfrog, why not just use
3: honey and feathers? (laughs) That does sound like a good time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I just mean, wouldn't that still make us look like ghastly orangutans? With all due respect, sir, the hair of such a brute as the orangutan is much more efficiently imitated with well-dried flax, not feathers. Mm, Now
3: let's listen to our little froggy. I expect only the most spectacular results... Here, turn that mirror toward me. Good Lord, <laughs> I, I look like I've gone mad. <laughs> oh, like a monstrous great jungle beast. Oh, capital!
1: Hopfrog <laughs> took a long chain and fastened it about each man's waist. He placed the men in a circular formation and fixed the chains to resemble the restraints used on the large apes in Borneo.
3: Hopfrog. Our chains are truly secure. (laughs) We couldn't escape each other even if we tried.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the idea, my lord. Must create an authentic illusion after all.
1: On ordinary days, a great chandelier would be hung from the center of a skylight. For the ball, I had the chandelier removed, explaining that we would not want wax from the candles dripping onto the lavish costumes of our guests. But, not to worry, I explained, the party would not be plunged into darkness. I instructed that fifty or sixty sconces be mounted to the walls, with authentic burning torches, for more ambient lighting. Once the space was ready, I went to the roof, where my love and I agreed to meet. I perched by the skylight and watched the guests rapidly pack the great hall, laughing too loud and spilling wine on their outrageously expensive fabrics, the likes of which I would never so much as lay a hand on. Cold rain began falling. My stomach hurt. Frog threw open the door and bounded outside.
2: Trippetta!
1: My love, oh, how happy I am to be with you again!
2: We have them exactly where we want them.
1: Darling, you're shaking.
2: I could leap out of my skin. The moment is here. The moment that begins the rest of our lives. It's all happening. I've never seen your eyes this way before. I've tied those men together. They are waiting in the hallway to make their grand appearance at midnight. They're laughing and teasing each other, oblivious to what is about to befall them. Merciful heaven, it's so glorious, I might howl. Are you certain about all of this? Take my hand. I swear to you, I have never been more certain of anything, Trippetta. You shall have your vengeance.
1: His lips touched my face, and then he was gone. A shadow slipping into a doorway... Undetected, hop frog took the hook from the chandelier and inserted it into the center of the orangutan's chains. No one knew they were now connected to the chandelier's winch. The midnight bell tolled, and they began their entrance. No sooner had the clock ceased striking than the men tripped over themselves and rolled in all together.
0: What's happening? What is the meaning behind
2: this hysteria? Do you not see? A herd of beasts has broken into the ball. They're attacking us!
1: Each masquerader thought only of his own safety, but the frightened crowd was far more dangerous than any of these ridiculous, tarred and flax buffoons. I began to pull. And the chandelier chain gradually began to rise, lifting the apes with it until they were hovering five feet off the floor.
0: Forgive me for interrupting, but how did you accomplish raising all these men at once, Trepetta? How could someone of your diminutive stature lift such a heavy load to such heights?
1: That was part of the brilliance of our plan, Doctor. Its simplicity. That chain was on a common ratchet. Even a child could lift it. Or even... Perhaps more appropriately, an orangutan. The king and his seven friends all found themselves being dragged upward by the chandelier chain. And having recovered from their initial alarm, the masqueraders were now laughing, thinking the sight was intentional, no more than a well contrived pleasantry. And then, my love appeared before them all. <laughs>
2: Thank you, everyone, for taking part in our little masquerade surprise, the Eight Chained Orangutans. As for the merry band of pranksters, I think I may know them. If I can get a good look at them, I can tell you exactly who they are.
1: Hopfrog grabbed a torch, and with the agility of a monkey, he leapt onto the king's head and clambered a few feet up the chandelier chain. He held down the torch flame to examine the apes' faces.
2: We shall soon get to the bottom of this.
1: By now, everyone, apes included, was shaking with laughter. (laughs) Hopfrog gave me my cue, a shrill whistle. Under my watch, the chain flew violently up about thirty feet, suspending the dismayed and struggling orangutans in mid-air between the skylight and the floor, and my dearest Hopfrog with them.
3: (gasps) Uh, uh. Ha, frog. Uh. What is the meaning of this? Get us down immediately.
2: The meaning? In a word, revenge. And as for getting down, there is really no rush any longer. Not for you, that is. Now I can explain why tar and flax were my preferred choice for your costumes. What do you suppose happens when tar and dried flax comes in contact with the fire from... say, a torch? It burns. Does it? Let's put your theory to the test.
1: And here Hopfrog held the torch to the king's flaxen coat, which instantly burst into vivid flame that quickly spread to the rest of the group one by one. The masses below were horror-stricken, unable to assist in the slightest.
2: Yes, by this light, we can now see distinctly who these maskers are. A great king and his seven royal court members. A king who does not hesitate to strike a defenseless girl. And seven counselors who encourage him to do so. As for myself, I am simply Pop Frog, the Fool. And this is my final jest. Jest. Uh, uh, what the? Oh, my lord! I, uh... A moment we had not prepared
1: for. Falling from a single misjudged step, Hopfrog became entangled with the rest of the men. Too soon the flames caught up to him, and he stumbled into the blaze with the apes.
2: <coughs> Hopfrog, no! Who
1: stronger person I could have pushed through the skylight and saved my love our eyes met desperately and I pounded on the glass scrambling with the chain and trying to slip through the skylight I screamed on the roof of that great hall for hours no one heard me not above their own pandemonium I could not stop seeing my beloved's terrified stare in my mind's eye as he was incinerated and he had done it all For me, it it still haunts me. I think it always will. And that is how I find myself here.
0: My, what a saga! Agony at the hands of the government, the bitter taste of a vengeance actualized, and a love that meets a fiery end. I feel as though we've all just spent a night at the opera.
1: I'm happy that you find my pain entertaining.
0: Entertaining, to say the very least. Thank you for obliging us. My friend, can you believe such a delicate ballerina could be capable of aiding in such incredible acts of cunning and violence? Shows you to never judge a book by its cover, no matter how small the book... (sighs) All psychiatric evaluations on Miss Trepetta have been inconclusive. We believe solitary confinement is the best option in any case, what with all the murdering and tendencies toward depravity and so on. But my system can work its magic on even the most hardened individuals. But for now, are you ready for more? My next fascinating case is just steps away. You've been listening to the National Edgar Allan Poe Theater on the Air and our production of Hop Frog, adapted for radio by Caroline Bennett. Hop Frog was directed by Alex Zavistovich and produced by Ty Ford, with the voices of Jen Beverelli, Mikey Beverelli, Brian McDonald, and Alex Zavistovich. Poe Theater on the Air theme by Greg Martin. The National Edgar Allan Poe Theater on the Air is sponsored in part by Baltimore's own Raven Beer, purveyors of Poe inspired craft beer. More information can be found on the web at ravenbeer.com. More information on the National Edgar Allan Poe Theatre on the air can be found at potheatre.org. Until next time, this is Alex Zabistovich reminding you that all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream.